When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, plenty to dive into. If you didn't get in on the uh, Rutgers Nebraska reaction, open phones all hour for you as we look ahead to Purdue, a new name on the coaching carousel to spend some time on as well numbers to get in today on hail varsity radio 466-3776-476-800-825-5865 watch us if you so choose Different ways to stream the show, of course, ESPNLincoln.com, over the airwaves across the state of Nebraska, but also on Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, and Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter account, at HVarsity Radio. You can follow me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio. Give Elijah a follow as well, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Chris at HaleVarsity.com, the way to get the email in. So as you... Got over the weekend, you uh, let Friday night sink in, and it was ugly, but it was, well, it was satisfying. Not necessarily offensively, but as a whole, as a Nebraska fan, I don't think you can complain too loudly about a win. You can nitpick. There can be moments of, man, I wish X, Y, and Z was better. But it's, it's a far cry from what has traditionally been problematic for Nebraska football, and that is finishing games. You have finished games now for two weeks in a row. One, uh, you were tied going into the fourth quarter, and one, you were down 13-7. Uh, to 7. Okay, so listen, you found a way. It was a little Will Bolt tribute, gritty over pretty. And that's how you're going to win football games in November. If you're going to win football games in November, that's how you're going to figure out a way to uh, to hopefully cover the number. <laughs> if you're a, a Nebraska fan in West Lafayette, that's going to be a tough ball game. It's going to be a tough ball game, but uh, we'll, we'll see what's out. Purdue's not going to be at full strength, and uh, they are beatable. You're not taking on Bama or Ohio State or Clemson or Georgia. It's Purdue. And, and Nebraska's Nebraska. Can you get some run game going? And what lessons can you take with you? What you do know is that there is trust. There is trust with this team in Mickey Joseph. There's trust with this team in what they're being asked to do. And there's confidence. 
Man, I talk all week, every week about confidence, but you can't put a price tag on it. Because clearly before, there was shaky to, to lack of confidence in these moments because they, because they had gone wrong so often so many times. Now, you have confidence. You have back-to-back wins. You're in the right column, the left column. You know what I mean? And, and, and you, you found ways. That can be a great thing. What, what did Red say? Or what, what was Red told by Andy Dufresne? Hope can be a wonderful thing. Hmm. <laughs> and here's the reality. Not just hoping. You're playing important football October 15th. You, you, you hoped as a Nebraska fan you'd get to October 15th. This Purdue game circled as a decider. One of the deciders for the West, it still is after Dublin, after Oklahoma, after Georgia Southern. You're somehow still standing at this point after a nuclear blast. And good for Nebraska, good for Mickey Joseph. Not only are you still standing, you have more momentum. At least it feels from my outside view looking in, it feels like you have more momentum surrounding this team than Scott Frost was ever able to generate during his four years and change as a head coach. The, the end of 18, they had some real momentum. I'll, hey. say, I'll, say, I'll say that. But right now, after all they've gone through for them to persevere, that's impressive. And you as a Husker fan can sit back and say, well, it was Indiana that they beat. It was Rutgers that they beat. They, they made those games closer than they should have been. Nebraska's going to go and struggle against Purdue. All you can ask from a football team is they go and get the they job have, done. Have that they go and get the win. And in the Big Ten, sometimes you play closer games than you expect against teams that you should beat. And I do think, on paper, Nebraska should have beaten both Indiana and Rutgers. Now, Nebraska seemed pretty down in the dumps. And it made you think, you know what, if this team has any sort of or has given up on this season at all, if there's any sort of, of give up in this team, they could have lost both those football games. But they didn't. They went out and they won them both, and it was close. I mean, look at Michigan and Indiana over the weekend. Michigan is Some a tight, much— Tight games. It was tighter than the score would indicate. And Michigan is a much better football team than Indiana, but Indiana hung with them for three quarters. Yeah, it was 10-10. to 10. Made that game close. And that's what Big Ten football is. Sometimes there are going to be nasty, ugly games whenever you go on the road. Whenever you're playing on a weird Friday night, whenever Rutgers has your number early, they punch you in the mouth. Weird things happen in the Big Ten. The important thing is Nebraska was able to go get a win, and it's a win that in the past couple seasons, if you would have put that game in any other season, the past four seasons, I think Nebraska goes and loses that football game. But they didn't. They are able to, to turn the page on this one. They are able to get the win, and now they're on to Purdue. Is Purdue a better team? Yes. But Nebraska goes out and plays against Purdue the way that they played against Rutgers. Are there going to be some problems? Most definitely. But at the end of the day, Nebraska got a win over the weekend, and now they're building momentum into a very, very important conference matchup, as you said. We'll uh, get more on Purdue, and we'll take your phone calls, your emails. We'll, we'll dive into Matt Rule and him being on the, uh, the hot list here. Who's with us? We have Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for hanging in. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, who's injured for Purdue? Their starting right tackle is out for the year. Ah, Okay. All righty. Not Jones or anything, though. No. Well, Jonesy doesn't practice a lot, but they dust him off for the game. So we'll see. But he's the, not. The, he's guy not from, the guy from Iowa? Yeah, the slot guy from Iowa. He doesn't practice. Okay. He doesn't practice a ton. That's at least per the press conference today during the week, but he's good for Saturdays. And you'll okay. take it. You'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's safe. I mean, we got. It's much better to get a win against. 
two of the worst teams in the conference and get a loss. That is true. But we have played the three worst teams in the conference, probably. Yeah, sure. I mean, and you're, you're two Michigan and one. State. Right. Yep. And that is that is very good. Um, I mean, we don't want to talk about any of the teams we've lost to and what they've done since because they're all grease fires. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe Nebraska's the, the leper of college football, and they infected them. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, that is fantastic, and I, I don't, I mean, it's fantastic to have two wins in the Big Ten, that's uh, in a two-game win streak, um, and Purdue's going to be tough, I was kind of surprised, it was more than a touchdown uh, to eight points or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Purdue's way, but uh, uh, we'll see, I don't like the Matt Rule deal, I just, I, he's barely got above 500 record as a coach, and anytime they say what, you know, look what he did with the talent he had, hey, yeah, we've done that. In fact, we, you know, it's kind of, we kind of did that the last two years. Two here's here's what um, I'm going to do, and, and Chris, I'll, I'll say this. All right, and I've reached out to people I trust that that are that are former coaches, current coaches, and guys that have covered rule. Okay, and the thing that that they everybody to a man has come back and said is that he's really good at connecting and and developing. And listen, you, everyone sees. The five star, right? The, the the folks who ran option football in the nineteen nineties all saw Tommy Frazier and went, "Dude's a difference maker." Okay, Clemson, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Colorado, and you're supposed to win with a guy like that. But the the recent example I'll give you is not so recent anymore. But but Bill Bush saw a guy in Prince of Mukamara. Okay, it was a three star talent. And says, you know what, man, I love your size. I love how fluid you are. I think you can play ball for us here in Lincoln. And Prince turned out to be, you know, I think the 21st pick overall. Prince did a lot of work on his own, had a lot of development. But the point is, you got to find that guy that, all right, if he hits, yeah, he's an NFL guy. But can you get that three star to develop into somebody that's really pretty talented? And, And Rule did that at Baylor, okay? Rule did that at Temple. And and his and his track record from a recruiting class ranking standpoint, I mean, they're they weren't great. Uh, I've got the numbers right here. They were 40th, 29th, and 36th at Baylor. Okay, mm-hmm. and I know it's Baylor, and, and I know Bryles had some talent in the cupboard, but you also had a are they going to drop football or not discussion. So not only did he come in, go one and eleven, and then go seven and six, and then eleven and three, but the kids that he recruited up until he left for the NFL is what Aranda has. Okay, and Aranda's been Aranda's good coach. I'm not saying he did, he didn't screw him up, but Aranda inherited some of the rural talent and and eye for talent, and you know what Baylor's been the last couple of years, right? So that's that's what I look at. That that's I'm not. I don't care who gets hired or who gets retained. I'm just pointing out that the guys won in college, and there's a lot more history of success with college guys who have won in college, gone to the NFL, flamed out, come back to college and win. I'm just worried. Our last two coaches were different ways of that vein. Of course, Riley, Mm -hmm. you know, the craziest hire ever. You know, Riley Riley went. never won more than ten games in in kind of a watered down Pac-12, and Frost was an absolute whiff because we all thought, and I'm guilty of this too, that he went 13 and 0. He's got enough experience, and if what he doesn't have an experience, he'll have help around him to ask for it, and he never did that. Yep, yeah, and I just wonder. I mean, it's 
It's one thing. You know, generally, you, you do have to recruit your, your skill position players. Sure. Prince Makamura is kind of the outlier. And so I, I always well, kind of roll my eyes yeah. when I when I hear someone say some so-and-so guard or center or interior defensive lineman or even middle linebacker is a four-star. Like, I don't care about those guys. Those guys don't – you can build those guys. The guys in the interior defense and offense – uh, and even tight ends, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes running backs, you know, they can be built. That's his uh, expertise, is building good. the lines yeah, well, of scrimmage. That, then then that, might, that might sway my mind a little bit. But we do need, you know, we need to focus our, our big energy on skill players recruiting. Because um, for the most part, you know, those guys, you know, do need to be uh, – High three star to to high four star at least. You, you've um, got those, Chris. I got to rock out of here. Thanks for the phone call. Listen, you've got skill guys. You got an abundance of skill guys now. What don't you have? You have any protection? You can't run the football. You can't you can't take a five step drop against teams that have decent front sevens. Thirty eight. 38, 17 of 38 pressures came off of your tackles last Friday night. And Casey was pressured on two-thirds of his dropbacks, more than two-thirds of his dropbacks. Because he played a D-line that was good, mm-hmm. and there was no run game. We're kind of jumping around here, but, but my point is is you need somebody, and it's not that Mickey can't do this. That's not what I'm getting at, or I don't want to start that discussion point, but you've got a lot of national writers, our, our friend Paul Meyerberg, you can't miss the opportunity to go get Rule. So you got to figure out what he wants to do first, right? Does Matt Rule want to, to jump back in, or does he want to go find a, a private island somewhere and buy it? Because Carolina gave him all the money in North and South Carolina to leave. Uh, we'll uh, get to some of your comments here on the stream yard. Can I, can, can I quickly add, though? Yeah. One of the things Chris said in that phone call was that, that Matt Rule's overall coaching record does not impress him. Let, go go I, back. I disagree with that. I, I go back and encourage anyone who, who thinks that to go look at the teams that he inherited at Temple. His first season... He didn't inherit double-digit wins or even high single-digit wins. First season at Temple, he went 2-10. and 10, mm-hmm. And that, that was not any fault of his own. He inherited a dumpster fire of a roster at Temple. And within two seasons was in the conference title game, the AAC title game. And then three seasons later, he wins the conference title. Then he goes off to Baylor. First season, 1-11. Mm-hmm. Two seasons later, he's playing for a conference title game and yet three. again, and he made it to the Sugar Bowl. 11-3. and three. And what, how he did that was he built teams that treated football like a boxing match, like a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And that is what you need to go succeed in the Big Ten West. You need to be able to find those under, unheralded guys, turn them into something, and make them play football like it's a, a street fight. Absolutely. And, and that, to me, is, is how you're going to win in the Big Ten, is you've got to be fantastic and tougher than everybody else on the line of scrimmage. That's how he built, and it sounds like I'm on my soapbox here saying Matt Rule's the guy. There's, there's no such thing as a guarantee, period. But you feel like you deserve one right now as a Nebraska fan with all you've gone through over the last two decades. Mm-hmm. In coaching searches, you absolutely deserve a guarantee. Is Mickey a guarantee? No. Is Mickey somebody that you got to keep around here one way or the other? Absolutely. 
We'll get to the the phone calls here in a minute. We're up against a hard break, so if you're on hold, stay there. We'll come back to you, I promise. But Rule Rule could be a game changer for Nebraska. I know that's what the, the tag was with Scott Frost. Totally get it. And you've been spurned that way. Uh, but we'll, we'll detail a little bit more of, of Rule. And he's a Penn State guy, played for Penn State, uh, was a graduate assistant there for a year or just a volunteer. I shouldn't say graduate assistant. He's a volunteer coach at, at Penn State. But he's been around. And he's gone outside of his comfort zone. The easiest thing for Matt Rule would be to never leave the Northeast. New York City guy that finished his high school career at, at State College, then went to Penn State, was an academic guy, didn't really play much at Penn State, or wasn't a known dude, all right? Uh, but, hey, uh, he has found his calling, and, and now he's on the market. More thoughts on Nebraska as they looked forward to Purdue. Hail Varsity continues. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Got open phones here till 5. Charlie McBride next hour with Hail Varsity Radio. Eric Warfield, get his take on Nebraska's win against Rutgers, the Chiefs and Raiders tonight. Also, uh, what's his feel on on Matt Rule and Mickey Joseph? Pete's with us. Pete, thanks for hanging on. We were up against a break. Wanted to give you time to say what's up. Go ahead, Pete. Thanks for calling. How are you doing today? We're good. We're good, man. Well, it's good to get a win. There's no doubt. And uh, I like the way they get the, the grittiness in the second half. The defense plays better in the second half. But one one thing I do want to bring up: our quarterback. When it's open to run, he has got to run to get the first down. And I have a hard time saying that if he's going to run in a wide open field, that he's going to get hurt versus dropping back and getting smashed. Uh, (laughs) I have a problem with that. I I just don't see the logic in that. But if he doesn't run, and there were several times where he could have ran for the first down and slid if he wanted to, but he could got the first down, uh, would make a big difference on that offense. If you watch, they stacked the box pretty good because they knew he wasn't going to run. And when he had the opportunity, with some, some plays with a wide open field, he, he chose to pass the ball and get it incomplete and not get the third down conversion. And we all know that third down conversion is critical on winning games. Um uh, over the course of, of a game. And I think he's got to put his body, so to speak, a little bit online and run that ball some to open up a defense. And I don't like the no back sets. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Um, I don't think that's a good offense if you're not going to have a quarterback that's going to do any running. So, and, and, and the second part is, where's Logan Smothers? Is he's like down on third string? Because the second string quarterback may be very gifted. But, boy, he hasn't showed me nothing. It's like uh, the game gets too big for him or something. Logan, uh, Logan, is, Logan, Logan is now co-number 
two at quarterback, at least on the depth chart that was released. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Yeah, that that's a question. Now, is Casey being told not to run? He did have a, a pretty big scramble to pick up a first down where he dove for it, but you're not seeing that as often. What Part of what makes Casey pretty gifted is his ability to hang and climb in the pocket. Now, sometimes he's holding the ball too long when he does actually have time to throw and no one's gotten open. So it's just been difficult for Nebraska offensively. They have made one or two plays uh, in the passing game the last two weeks that have been the difference in the ball game. The the, the sudden shot that Whipple called that they got for the 27-yarder uh, was fantastic. The 71-yarder that puts you up by a touchdown in a tight ball game in the fourth quarter against Indiana. So that's that's how you're going to ride is the big shot to a guy like Palmer from Casey. That and that'll need to happen on Saturday against Purdue. But yeah, I I don't have any problem with asking him to to run the football more. That's not what he is. It's it's a matter of him do you want to risk him doing that? Because he can get, he's going to get smoked either way. He can get smoked running the football, but to Pete's point, there's a lot of times where he's been treated like a pinata back with the football, and, and there's been little to zero protection. And if there's anything I've seen from Casey Thompson over the past two weeks, it's that that toughness is not a concern with that kid. No, I don't. Not, not at all. I, it, that, that's not why they're not running the football. But how many coaches are you going to get injured? <laughs> how how many coaches have we talked to though, Schmidt, over the past couple of years that say you need to tailor your game plan to the strengths of your players? And while Casey might be athletic, I don't think escaping, escaping the pocket and running is is what he wants to do. It's not a strength of his. So let's not force a guy to do something that's not his strength because you think, oh, well, it's going to help your run game. I think that the much better option is to try to find some packages for a guy like Logan Smothers, third and one, fourth and one. You can at least have that threat of a quarterback running the football where, you know what, whenever you're going to this read option, look, defenses aren't respecting that Casey's going to take that ball around the edge and pick up four or five yards, slide down, get the first down. Defenses aren't respecting that right now. And if you want to get that respect you need to have a package for your guy who does love running the football and logan smothers and let him come in on on those short yardage downs and give that defense something to think about i don't think you want to force a guy to do something that's not up his alley it's not going to lead you to the best results in the football field you win football games by letting your players do what they do best and what casey thompson does best is throw the football and if you want to bring in a running element from your quarterback you let your guy on the roster who does do that well come in and handle those responsibilities when casey's ran it it's been more of a surprise okay the the, the zone read to get in against indiana mm-hmm. most of indiana and a lot of memorial stadium thought that was going to be a grant carry casey kept it got the lead back block from grant got into the end zone the scramble wasn't designed uh, you've had two or three designed runs this year to my memory from casey thompson but yeah i would go to smothers so Nebraska has an opportunity. They're dogged by 11. Uh, the Bet on Sports board has Matt Rule as the favorite right now for the Nebraska job. Artez Craig emails in or checks in on the stream yard. Uh, what's the spread on Nebraska's game? Right now it started at 13 and a half. I saw it this morning at 11. Uh, we'll, we'll need a good running game for sure Saturday. How do we defend their stud receiver, Charlie Jones? I have no earthly idea. Double him, I guess, if he's in the slot. 
put your best cover corner, and I don't know if Newsom's going to be available or not because of his growing. Uh, Reimer is listed uh, at number one on the depth chart, but you could you could be without both those guys. Uh, Jeff says Indiana was better than people thought, and Jeff's like hard pass for him on Matt Rule. Mickey knows Nebraska football and fans. Mickey can recruit, but he can also teach the players. We have a lot in Mickey. Let the season work itself out. Don't disagree. I'm not saying you run right now and throw the bank at Matt Rule if you're Trev. But I think you absolutely keep him in mind because he's he's a proven college coach that has won and has built. He's not walked into winners. He's gone into places that weren't winning, had turmoil or weren't winning, and took his lumps with a one or two win season and then flipped it around by year three to win double digits. I mean, that sounds absolutely incredible. I, I think I think people are letting Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers tenure influence their opinion as him. Get no shot. People are, are acting like Matt Rule's resume, at least what he's done in college, should not make him a top three candidate, if not the top candidate at it's, Nebraska. Let's not act like NFL teams for the most part, aren't unwilling to go to college. They are. They're unwilling to go to college for the most part. You need a rock star college head coach to go get themselves an NFL opportunity. Look at the guys who have done it over the, over the past decade or so. Saban, Urban, Spurrier, Pete uh, Carroll. Chip Kelly, Pete Carroll, uh, Lane Kiffin, who else? Shiano. I mean, these are pretty much... I might leave Shiano off that list. No, but but I mean, Shiano but, at the but, time but, but he, looked he like was. a rock star. And these are the rock star coaches of college Petrino. football over the past decade. NFL coaches, when they go get college guys, they go get college guys that they think the world of. And they're, I, they're I think great coaches. The, the reason these guys don't ever succeed is because they're they're tyrants. You can't go into an NFL locker room and be a tyrant. You just can't. Pete Carroll's so mellow. He's super competitive, but he's mellow, right? The guys that we just listed off, Spurrier, the old ball coach, they're tyrants. It's about them, their ego, their control, and I don't think rules any different with how he wants things done. You go into that situation with that quarterback setup. I mean, you missed on Dwight Schrute, right? You traded him, or you traded for him from from New York, mm-hmm. and then you go get Baker. <laughs> Thanks, and now they're going to fire sale the whole place, right? McCaffrey's going to go to Buffalo. It's a mess. It's a nightmare. They shouldn't have ever got rid of Rivera. Okay, so that's Carolina's fault to go get the hot young college coach. Uh, Not so young anymore, 47, but young enough. Listen, his resume, Matt Rule's resume is better than anything out there in college right now that's gettable. It's better than Leipold's. It's better than Campbell's. It's better than Aranda's. Period. And you can't argue that. And I don't care if he did it in the AAC. I don't care if he did it in the Big 12. in the Big 12, for God's sake. Going 11-1? no matter what conference you're in, is damn impressive. And to do it with two schools that were down in the dumps, I'm talking one or two wins in that first season Matt rolls around, and to do it in two years, get these teams to 11 wins, is a remarkable job. To do it twice. To do it once, you can say, okay, maybe it's flash in the pan. He went and did it twice. He gets it. He's a great coach, and I think, as I said, based on resume, probably the top candidate that could be available to Nebraska this coaching cycle. Now, a lot can happen between now and November, 
I get that. Who knows if Matt Rule even wants to come back into coaching. He's got a lot of money that the Panthers are going to be paying him over the next couple seasons. We don't know. But based on resume alone, Matt Rule should be a top three guy, if not the top guy. And I don't think that point is contestable. No. It's, it, if you're thinking that Matt Rule is not a superstar, I'm talking move the needle, incredible hire. I think you're just letting yourself be influenced by his his tenure in Carolina because he has been a rock star everywhere he's gone in college football. What's your vibe on Rule as a, as a Nebraska fan right now? Say Mickey does a, a, a good job, but there's an opportunity to get a proven head coach. Are you are you willing to to go that route? Here's the other part of it. You know what what's what's the the meter mover like for you as a Nebraska fan as rule can chime in at four six six three seven seven six. I think you go get him if you can get him. Georgia Tech's open. Auburn's gonna be open. What's the reality right now of of attainability? If you're rule, you look at Georgia Tech because you're used to a place with limitations. Baylor, Temple, Georgia Tech's in that conversation. It's familiar. And you're in a great recruiting base. Philly was a, was a good recruiting base. You knew the state of Pennsylvania because of, of your time at Penn State. Okay, And then, obviously, Waco. I mean, there's studs everywhere in the state of Texas to go play football, your style of football. So both of those spots, this, this would make sense, the, the city of Atlanta. If, I, if I'm Georgia Tech, I go get Coach Prime. That's who would be number one on my list. Uh, and two... Uh, you look at the the situation with with Nebraska. It's going to need somebody who who understands the Midwest and the Big Ten. And and while Texas and Philly are not Big Ten country, uh, Penn State is. And how you build is how you build. Um, the fact that you're a, a culture builder and a grinder, right? That those are the prerequisites Trev Alberts has for whoever is the next head coach. Mickey's a, a absolute grinder. Mickey is. He's also a culture builder. You look at the culture now of the football team just through two weeks, opposed to what this season was in 2022 before he took over. Completely different culture and buy-in. So if Mickey ends up being retained, that's not awful. But I'm saying you don't pass on rule if you can go get him. And there's going to be Arizona State out there. I think Wisconsin wants to stick with Leonard but, you know, the, if you're Wisconsin and Nebraska, you, you should both go for rule. Uh, we'll take more of your calls coming up here on Hale Varsity. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Reminder about your friends at Red Zone Tickets selling fun since 2001. Do you have seats you want to buy or sell? Red Zone Tickets can help with that buying or selling tickets to all types of events. You want to go see Husker football or Husker volleyball? How about Creighton basketball, NFL action, concerts, theater, and uh, college football uh games as well as the college world series redzonetickets.com they're located in omaha an a plus better business bureau rating and they're local right they're local for you from the great state of nebraska they have a 100 percent guarantee on all orders and you'll receive authentic tickets and experiences you'll never forget time to check off that bucket list item 
and create memories that last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com. RedZoneTickets.com. Today selling fun since 2001. 466-3776. 466-3776. 800-825-5865. Greg asks, does the turf monster bite anybody at Purdue? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, If they've mowed that thing or there are goats in action, uh, Chad emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. I would definitely go for rule. Would rather try for Leipold. But uh, how about we get a coach, get Coach Rule and Leipold on the line? I'd, then I'd be happy. Well, that's, yeah, uh, that'd be great. But come on, you've got a guy that, two guys that are used to being head coaches. I mean, you're, there you go. And, and right now, Mickey's making a strong case. Well, yeah. You, you, go, you go get this win at Purdue. So Mickey's done what he's supposed to do right now. Yes. Mickey, Mickey has, has calmed the waters. Mickey has injected confidence. Mickey's changed the way they practice. Mickey's asked them to be physical and gotten them to be physical. Okay? And then he's got them to believe. He's got them to, to, to as he said, strain to finish. It's going to be a tough fourth quarter game. But he got them right in the mind. And then they went out and, and found, found a way. They went out and executed against Indiana. They executed enough. In a absolute that that Friday night was the definition of a rock fight, and 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 they won. So he, he's two and zero, or he's two and one total, but but two and zero. And the question now is, can you go win as an underdog, yes. right? Because that's that's part of the trend here. All right, you go in and, and you win as a favorite, find a way, and then then you go win as an underdog. Can you go beat Purdue, and can you go win as a double digit underdog? And right now. That's where things stand. Well, I understand. I understand all the love for Mickey, and he deserves it. He deserves to get his roses because what I saw the past two weeks did mark a significant change based on what the team looked like on the field, what their mentality looked like, as compared to what we've seen for the past four years. Mickey did a great job flipping that mentality in that locker room quickly, and as I said, I think there's more momentum surrounding this football team than there has ever been in the four seasons and change under Scott Frost. But I will also say, Nebraska's three conference games, they're 2-1, and one, against three of the, what I see as right now, the four worst teams in the Big Ten. They've done it. They've won two the last two, but I, I think Northwestern, Indiana, and Rutgers are three of the four worst teams in the Big Ten right now. Indiana, sure, they might not be the worst team in the Big Ten, but I think on paper, Nebraska is better than them, and Nebraska wouldn't beat them whenever they were down their two top receiving targets. Now, a win is a win. Don't get me wrong. But what Mickey does in the next two games is a lot more important to me in that... Uh, that battle for Mickey to, to win over the head coaching gig, the next two games are a lot more important than the last two. Purdue and Illinois are the teams that it, it really matters what this team looks like. I don't think Nebraska needs to go out and win both of these games, especially when you're under uh, a double-digit underdog to Purdue. But what this team looks like and how they fight and what their performance level looks like in the next two games is a lot more important to me. And, and I don't think that in the month of October, Mickey can sell me on him becoming the head coach. But I think if he has some strong performances the next two weeks as well against a much higher level of competition, I mean, Illinois is in the top 25 right now. Mm-hmm. Illinois is a damn good football team. These are two teams that are, are... Scoring defense is number one in the country, eight points a game. And another rock fight uh, on Big Ten, Big Ten programming, right, was Iowa, Illinois. No. Can you go, can you go get a win, a hard-fought win at home against Illinois coming off the bye week? And can you go... 
upset Purdue? Can you split the next two weeks? And then that's get, what it is to me. And then you get into November, and can you find a way to? Michigan looks really tough, but Iowa looks beatable. Wisconsin, we'll see if they get shifted. I mean, they they absolutely put the hammer down on the road at at Northwestern, forty two to seven. Then there's Minnesota. What Minnesota are you going to get? They've been really good on the road, although they looked human against Purdue without Ibrahim running the football. I mean, it's going to be a stretch here of of 17-14 low-scoring ball games, theoretically. As it looks right now, Elijah, based on how Nebraska's offensive line is and how healthy do you stay defensively if you're Nebraska, that's a – you had Keycog and Reimer and Newsom, you know, the the second and third level of your defense, and and what what can you get out of – your offense taking care of the football. What a a team worth a damn would have buried Nebraska Friday night. So to your point, that reality is you beat two bad football teams. Don't apologize for doing it Mm-mm. because it's not something that Nebraska teams have done. They would have found ways to lose and potentially get blown out against Indiana and against Rutgers. You find a way to win. That's awesome. But you haven't beat anybody of substance yet. Not your fault, just what what it is. And, and it's I, really what it is. And I think on that path to, to bowl eligibility, Nebraska needs to split these next two games. If they want to get to six wins this season, November, I, I know, it doesn't look like what it looked like preseason, but still, the, the next six weeks are murderer's row. Mm-hmm. I guess there's, there's bye weeks in there, so on meaningful a calendar, it's football, more than six weeks. though, because you're, you're at three and three. Very meaningful football. Very meaningful football. And, and to Mickey's credit, he's done what he's done so far with guys that he did not handpick to be his staff. That's nuts, isn't it? He, he's done that so far, but he has got a much, much more difficult task coming his way to finish this season than what he's had to do over the past couple of weeks. So, so Mickey's got a lot more, in my eyes, to prove over the next few weeks than what he's already proven so far. Much, much bigger tasks await for Mickey Joseph, and we'll see how those go before I'm ready to anoint him and say, yeah, this guy should be the guy to lead Nebraska football moving forward. I'm impressed that they're where they're at right now under him. Yes. I'm impressed. Can it be a long-term thing, or is it just his ability to compartmentalize, be professional, and be who he is? In, in the moment, some guys can absolutely handle the stressful pressure situations that you're thrust into. And that's how much he loves the program, right? I mean, that's how much he loves Nebraska, that he is giving his heart and soul to this uh, with, with the understanding that there is a search. Mickey's a pro, so he gets the fact that there's going to be 100 names. Trev gets the fact that there's going to be 100 names. And now one of the names that you didn't think was going to be out there or you maybe had to wait on, Matt Rule, is out there. Uh, I don't think you you can't afford as a football program to to not pursue him. As good as Mickey is and as nice as he's been, Matt Rule's done really wonderful things. Just like you can't afford to not try for a Campbell or a Leipold. See, make him say no. I mean, from a timing standpoint, Leipold's a pretty loyal guy. Maybe he doesn't leave Kansas. They're going to give him a raise. Campbell's happy at Iowa State. You know? Rules out there, but Mickey's done a hell of a job. We'll wind down an hour, hour one after this. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Charlie McBride in one hour, well, hold on, in 10 minutes, an hour two. 
That was scary. We pushed Coach McBride back to the start of Monday Night Football. Coach McBride in 10 minutes. Eric Warfield also with us. His take on Nebraska, Coach Rule, and Mickey. The job Mickey's done. Reminder to get buckled up. Uh, Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Hale Varsity Radio is presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Right now, there's just this sour, and again, vocal minority probably on social media and some of our feedback, but there's just not a an excitement for, for Matt Rule that, that he's out there. Because, and that's fair, you're, you're in the moment right now. I think a lot of you are, see how Mickey does. And that's totally a fair take. Be patient. Maybe you got what you need right here. One guy that was not impressed with Nebraska was Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick, his national radio show, uh, piling on Nebraska with how they celebrated. There was some video of this after the Rutgers-Nebraska game. And I, it sounded like some of the Rutgers fans were a little vulgar towards Nebraska. And I don't know what prompted this, but you had some Nebraska fans and uh, Nebraska players in the end zone. But this is uh, from, from Dan Patrick. Nebraska barely beats Rutgers at Rutgers. And they start celebrating in the end zone. So the game is over and they're dancing on the Rutgers logo. And I go, if I'm the coach at Nebraska... I am livid that my players, you won 14 to 13, get the hell in the locker room, get showered, and we're getting out of town. We're lucky. It was embarrassing. And they stayed out there, and they're dancing and doing the, you know, whatever. And hit the gritty after beating, barely getting by Rutgers. I go, who, is there a coach? Does anybody have any authority here to grab those kids and say, let's go? Tommy Frazier somewhere going, this is not the Nebraska I know horrible it was embarrassing and to dance on the hallowed ground that is Rutgers football field as a historian of the college football bothers me yes not on my watch yes but I'm watching them I go where's the coach yeah you won a game I'd say act like you've been there but you haven't in fairness to them but I was going oh my god get them off the damn field you guys are embarrassing yourself wow someone urinated in old DP's Cheerios. What prompted it? Interested to know. Well, I, I've heard, I had a friend, Sam, boots on the ground at, at Rutgers. He was there. Said those Rutgers fans were, were pretty nasty. So so this was maybe Nebraska's response? Yeah, he, he sat down next to... Because the Ru- full story, it doesn't... Fe- Nebraska didn't seem to me to like the team to go Colorado Buffaloes and stomp on your, your logo. Just doesn't seem like Mickey, allow that. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like Rutgers fans are pretty nasty. Where my friend said he sat down and first thing he heard from the Rutgers fans next to him was, oh, you're from Nebraska? What's it like kissing your cousin? What? And it, they didn't want any, uh, any, any animal foreplay smack? <laughs> huh? <laughs> they went straight for the, <laughs> did you take your cousin to prom bomb? That, is that where they went? Yeah, it's like, yeah at least get some creativity if, yeah. you, if you're going to be nasty. Like, he said it didn't get better the rest of the game sitting mm-hmm. next to those people, but... And that's, that's a small sample size. Did your friend respond and say, how many people live in your apartment with you? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. What year was your uncle made in the mafia? I mean, we can, we can throw it back. <laughs> Is your family connected? Not very nice. Coach McBride, all about defense. Get his thoughts on Nebraska's win. 
Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Good chat in the first hour. Thanks for the input. We've talked a lot of Matt Rule. The job Mickey Joseph continues to do. And it's another uh, Monday. We talk about a win. Mr. Blackshirt himself with his Charlie McBride. A Monday with Charlie. Coach, how'd you handle Friday night? Was it... Uh, was it a, a white knuckler for you, or did you feel good all along? You knew it all along. Nebraska could be okay. Well, the way we were playing, how we were doing, we're starting to learn to come from behind. After all the years, we've gotten hammered. <laughs> you know, I just figured something good's going to happen, and it did. And uh, you know, it, it was. And then it was bad. The next morning, I get up, and they fired the offensive coordinator over on. At, at Rutgers, so I figured, wow, what, 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 you know, once we did it, we, we fired somebody during the year. Everybody thinks it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no good uh, as a coach. I know your heart's right there with all those guys. Well, that's it's it it you know it, it's it, it happened. It's the way things are going now. I think they're they're changing, and it's getting more like the NFL or something, and. Those guys just don't make an announcement that they're fired a guy. The guy just tell them, don't come to work anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll send you your check. So that's the way it goes. But, you know, it's hard on it's hard on the kids. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, A lot of guys don't understand. People don't understand that, you know, some that guy recruited some of those kids probably. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's probably tough. But uh, sometimes it's a relief. Mm-hmm. To some coaches, you know that they weren't doing a good job. They knew it, and it isn't a it isn't that kind of a big deal, you know, to a lot of guys. But who knows? But that's the way things are changing. I mean, now it's it could be anybody, anytime, anywhere. So as long as you're an assistant coach, um, you know, there's and things don't go right, the head coach is going to take it. So. And, so he, in order for him to not, probably some cases, a lot of cases, you get enough of those, and the head coach is going to roll. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
you know, but it's tough. But it was great, you know. I mean, you know, it made an unbelievable catch. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that you don't realize it until you see the end zone shot. Um, you know, well, but uh, I saw that today, and uh, you know how he he was like sliding into second and caught the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was John's photo from Hale Varsity, our photographer. Made that oh, picture. Good. He took one for the team. He did take one I, for the team. I he think, got I think, smoked. Yeah, I think he got a foot to the head. John got smoked, but he's he hung in for the picture, and to see Palmer <laughs> make that catch. Yeah, he did slide in the second. Coach McBride, he was safe, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was safe. I'll tell you. I, you know, when you look at it on film and see it the first time, you think, "Oh, here goes." Now they're going to look at it for an hour. You know. <laughs> And, and they actually, actually, the guy made a great call. I mean, because it's a bang bang deal, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and so official gets, you know, kind of, uh, some of these guys can't make that call. They just guess, you know. And uh, but he made it right away. He didn't even fool around. It was, you know, he saw the whole thing right there. So he he saw it better than anybody. And. Uh, which was good. I mean, was, and that was the uh, the I shot play after the interception, Coach. I want to talk offensive line with you because that's that's a concern. We'll get to the defense. Defense played a great second half. We'll get there in a moment. But you're an offensive line guy as well. And what can you yeah. do if you're Nebraska to get the run game going and and have more time for Casey? Protection wise, because Rutgers is a good defense. Rutgers is a really good defense. You're not going to see. Uh, teams like Rutgers all the time, but it's not gonna it's not gonna get easier because you know Purdue's uh, playing okay. pretty good football. You've got Illinois that's great. I mean, it's it, it's a tough finish, but O line wise, what can you do at this point in the year to be better running and protecting? Well, the the, the whole thing is I have I I only know a couple of ways, but one way is that. When we practiced, those guys got, um, they had a period, a whole period, uh, I don't know how long, maybe more than, it was probably 20 minutes to a, not a half hour. And mm-hmm. 15 minutes was with the first team, and Milt ran that. It was a running game, and Dan ran the passing. Then they just switched mm-hmm. at the end, of, you know, in the middle of that. And then at the end of it, we went one-on-one pass, okay. brush and stuff like that against us. But. That they got, they got. Now you only have one line coach, okay? So, sure. so you got uh, one. You're getting half the reps that we would have gotten, say for example. And 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 that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the way they got their practices set up, and and uh, with all those players, and and so, um, you know, we had a scout team that was already designed to go with. Uh, with the offense down the down the field and mm-hmm. so forth, and we worked on fundamentals up on the in the other in the other the old field house. We were in the the little new one, and mm-hmm. Milt was in the old one. And uh, of course, those are gone now. But uh, um, you know, you, there's places. I mean, you can go, but they, that's just the way you practice and the way your your uh, your thing is set up and. And I, I always felt that was that was how the four stations at the running game went. One station was pass and outside run, and the other one was um, uh, inside run and in you know screens and draws and stuff like that. And then they and then they switched. So 
you had all those kids that were standing around, dude, they were all working. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that just, Mickey knows, I think he was through that. He went through that stuff. And, uh, you know, you have to, it, it takes a little time to get that thing organized. And, it, you know, it, it might make them nervous because, and then the scout team, yeah, after you do it once, they know where to go. Everything goes bang, just like that. But that's all I can say is mm-hmm. that, we we had uh, the other thing is is I think when they put the trap in they put some a little bit of trap in with guards pulling and things like that those things need timing and a lot of reps and the backs need to see the blocking the things that can happen up front you need to run a slant or whatever these guys are doing and you need to run some stunts into it and keep running them and that kind of thing so uh, I don't know I don't know what how that's being handled sure. but. Uh, I think the misdirection and some of those things will help the backs and the linemen both um, when those because those linemen start getting antsy when they don't get to work on it in practice, and you have a counterplay type of thing where you're faking one way and coming another, and mm-hmm. sometimes you're handing it off, sometimes you're not, you're handing it back and. You know, like I said before, I think if you took all of our offense to make it simple, we had a reverse and a um, the offense to say fake every play had some kind of a reverse off of it or a pass off of it, and some of them had all three, and so you know all those things fit all together, and so it kept people on their toes, even though maybe they kind of knew what we were running uh you know uh, sometimes we majored in power game uh off tackle stuff and sometimes we majored in uh off tackle and traps and sometimes we majored in play action passes and that went with it and usually that's what time you know we usually led the league in touchdown passes though i think a lot if you look back and we probably were last in throwing because we didn't throw it as much but we just waited until those safeties started moving around. And if they made the wrong move, Tom's got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so there's a guy going to be open. And uh, that's kind of how, how we said that. We, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, We our, our quarterbacks are recruited as pass first, run second. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we recruited run first, pass second. And uh, so that's that's the way our offense was. We were a running team first and a passing team second, so everything came off of our running mm-hmm. game. And uh, we just were sure that we got enough reps to to the backs and to those guys that were, you know, running the plays and stuff and saw a bunch of the different defenses that they ran and ran those plays. I, I think when Tom said every defense they had, we ran that we have charted. We ran our every play against them. <laughs> so you you figure out how many that is, and you need to have people. And uh, uh, you know, Tom was kind of coaching the offense, and uh, uh, we were lucky. I had two guys on the defensive line, which were really helpful, and mm. so Tony could go with the outside run because he's the outside guy, and I went with the inside run in the, as far as the defense went. And then, of course, Dan went with the passing part of it, and Milt went with the running part of it. It was a lot, so, of, lot of lot of development with the lines of scrimmage, and you had personnel dedicated to it, and that was a right. that was a monster uh, advantage it, to to emphasize it. Coach, defensively, 
You have Nebraska that came up with three turnovers in the second half. The secondary got beat up early, showed up late. How do you think the defense is playing moving forward? Well, I think the, th- the thing is, is probably, you know, sometimes a little more pressure is is probably, you know, sometimes you just need to do it to get mm-hmm. to help out those guys. You know, and like I said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So some bad things can happen. But uh, I think the thing is, is anytime you're getting pressure on the quarterback, the chances of him throwing a really, really accurate pass aren't real good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times uh, you get him where he can't see, you know, only sees half the field and he can't see the safeties and linebackers breaking on the on what he what they're looking at at his eyes and stuff. So, you know, it's uh, it's that's a tough thing. You just have to experience it in practice and you have to do it. You know, as much game speed type as you can. Do you like what Bill Bush has been doing? Yeah, I do. I do. I I think they're getting some confidence. You know, I think a lot of it can can just be uh, conversation, just talking to the players and and uh, things like that. Now they're changing a few things. Or they are. They, there is a little more um, pressure. Uh, which is good, and then the thing is, is uh, we probably—I uh, I hope they're working on some inline stunts and things, um, you know, to 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 take away some of that cutback stuff and uh, you know that that kind of thing. I think you got some uh, outside backers that are that'll really rip inside, and you know that hurts sometimes, and uh, it's uh, it really screws up the running game a lot. Because you got your tackle looping outside, and sometimes you can get, if you're a four-man rushing team, you can, or a three, you can put your best rushers in the game, and you can even make a special team for certain blitzes. Mm-hmm. I just told the guys, if I didn't see the skin peeling off their eyeballs, they're not going to be playing. <laughs> so, so. You know that. So just run. You know you got to really when you run a blitz, it's a it's you're running one. I mean it's not, and you can't go feeling your way around. You run over anything that's in your way. You just have to take it on. And coach got about ninety seconds here. What do you think of the Purdue matchup? Well, Purdue's going to be tough because I think maybe this might be. He's he he missed a game, but he's he may be one of the most accurate throwers in the in the conference, and yeah. he's got some good receivers, and so that's always going to be tough. But uh, I don't know; they've had some trouble with their running backs a little in injury wise. I don't know how that set, that stacks up, but they'll be a very tough team, and they're they're one of those teams that are getting better every week, and uh, so it'll be it'll be tough down there. We'll have to really play well. Uh, but I think that we have the guys that can do it. If you know, if we have a good day and people follow through and finish their blocks and things like that, we'll, we'll be okay. Coach, really fast here before we get you out, about thirty seconds left. Did you see the video of the Husker fans celebrating on the field? Dan Patrick had some thoughts on it this morning. Uh, sounds like some some Husker uh, players and some Rutgers fans were yelling some things at each other post game. Husker fan, or Huskers were dancing on the field. Did you see that? And I want to get your reaction to it. Well, I think you know the thing is we need to settle all you know all the guys and in, in all the teams <laughs> settle them down a little bit. We're getting a little carried away with the NFL stuff and guys doing some you know they don't they don't there's no need for that and uh, 
you know, it's, it's not part of the game, and it, it slows it up. And I, I'm surprised there haven't been more penalties either way by uh, with the officials because there's been some talking going on. And I can a couple times I've seen officials start to grab the flag, but he got them split up, or you know, after they got you know made a touchdown or something, they were all jumping around. And it, I think on the sideline, okay. But you know, on the field, forget it. Well, there was no, uh, there's no offensive pass interference uh, <laughs> to call after the game, so they they kept the flag in their pocket. Coach, and well, jo- go ahead. That, that's what that's what they, those guys want to do, though, if they can help it. No, and, I know. Uh, it, it slows the game down. We will uh, check okay. in with you Monday, Coach, and we'll see how okay. Nebraska does against Purdue. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. Okay, thanks for having me. Go Big Red. Here we go. (laughs) Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie. We'll hear from Eric Warfield. Coming up, get a preview of the Chiefs Raiders. But what's what's Warfield thinking, Nebraska and Mickey, the job that's going on? Hale Varsity continues presented by Currency. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio back into it it's hail varsity radio we're presented by currency let's talk some big red football and monday night action with kansas city and Las Vegas. I about said Oakland. I about said L.A., but I, I got it right. Oscar Hall of Famer Eric Warfield with us. Is Warfield, man, you do a, you do a lot for charity. You've done a lot of giving back, not only in Lincoln but around uh, the the country. And you're you're coming to us from from what golf course, my friend? Uh, we're at Cowboys out here in Grapevine, Texas, uh, for water polo. Where you can get to the. Uh, raising money for the kids that play water polo. That is nice. So you're, uh, yeah. How, how are you putting? I played yesterday, and I'm just uh, my, my putter's <laughs> sleeping with the fishes today. I'm with one of the best groups you can imagine. One of my good friends from Lakewood Country Club, John Stevens. So uh, he invited me out with his son playing water polo. So uh, we, we we may not be the the best out here, but we know how to have fun. Well, Eric, do, do you know how to play water polo? Have you ever played water polo before? I understand the sport. Do I know how to play it? Probably not. I'm sure I can pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it kind of would translate well for a defensive back. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean it has to be a hard workout, you know, just the the, the, the water play at it, it itself and, you know, trying to tread water and do all those maneuvers of throwing a ball into a net and dodging people, so heck of a workout. Well, they'd like pretty much – 
drown you, dude. I mean, because it's the deep end of the pool. <laughs> You're sitting there and some guy named Chips on your head trying to hold you under. I mean, it's it looks pretty intense. It's it's not it's it's, it's not quite you know NFL Sunday, but it's it's pretty impressive. You, you make it sound like it's Secret Service training. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eric Warfield's with us. So Eric, what what's your take here on on Nebraska? Two wins in a row. They escape with their life in at Rutgers, and you'll take it. It was ugly. It was tough. The defense really, really stepped up after that first drive or the first couple of drives. And, uh, hey, they, they're playing meaningful football this time of year. Who would have thought it after Dublin? You know what? The last two games, um, I even kind of sent out a tweet ahead of time, and it was basically saying how um, – you know, depressing it is to watch Nebraska football, which it has been in over the years. Um, and after that tweet went out, they kind of stepped it up and ended up pulling the game out. And and the kind of the same for this last game against Rutgers. Uh, we started out crappy, and all of a sudden we find a way to pull it out, which I love. Um, is it what we're accustomed to? No. Is it going to take time to get to what we're accustomed to? Yes. Uh, I do think there's a a guy out there that can lead this team in the right direction. Who is that guy? I don't know. Uh, I like what Mickey's doing so far with the guys. Um, is he the guy? I can't say that. You know, I hate to have another Scott Frost situation where a guy's uh, looking good and uh, got the team playing and got the city, you know, the state excited again, and all of a sudden he's hired to a big contract. You know, we get the same, you know, the same thing, the same things we've had over the years. Um, but I, I have my fingers crossed for, for, for Mickey and hope that he continues to win these games and to get these kids to play hard. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I, that's all I can do right now. Is it, you know, it's an emotional roller coaster to watch the up and downs of what we display. Um, but we, we've been pulling out wins. Eric, what, what's it like for you to watch a game and ride that roller coaster, man. Is has it been painful? Are you numb to it, or do you have kind of new excitement with Mickey? I can never be numb to it because you know that that end is, is is in my blood. Like it it it, it affects me each and every game because I watch, hmm. you know, and uh, I, I watch with the hopes of you know they're not going to be like us, so I can you know. I quit hoping that, you know, like the, most of the fans there, like, oh, we need to get back to the 90s. We need to get back to what the Coach Osborne did. Can that happen? It can. Will it happen? I don't know. But I, those games, those teams are have gone, and, and now we're trying to pump these new guys up to at least get there and get that winning tradition back, get to a bowl game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always rooting for the guys. I don't care who we, who, who we have at what position. I want the best out of each guy. I want the best of my team. So, yeah. It is an emotional roller coaster. I do get depressed when I see bad play. I do get depressed when I see guys not hustling. You know, I think my comment was that I'd rather see some of the red shirt, uh, see the red shirt guys play, because I know they're going to play to earn uh, that jersey. They're going to play a hundred percent, give us hundred percent effort on each and every play uh, for the team. And, and it, at times, it's like you don't get that from the guys that are out there. And, you know, what we saw at Rutgers in that second half is kind of what I thought the defense was going to be the entire year because the defense was good last year. And right now, they're not. But I'm hoping that this, this uh, second half in this Rutgers game is kind of a, a spark to, to, to let them know 
that they have what it takes. And, that, you know, that's what we saw last year. That's what we're kind of hoping for this year. And the offense is capable. Uh, they just need the consistency. Eric Warfield's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Eric, it was a couple of get-right games with Indiana and Rutgers. Those came at the right time in your schedule. And now you have a significant step up in competition when you go and play Purdue. And I want to get your take on how important the momentum is in this matchup with Purdue this weekend and just moving forward in the season. It feels like after these last two weeks, this, this might be the most momentum Nebraska has had in maybe five years of the entire Scott Frost era, just what this team's mood is coming off a, a big win against Rutgers. So how much can that carry? you through a second half of a season a couple of big wins like this and in building some momentum i think it is a great push for us especially after the team going through so much you have your head coach fired you got a new coach coming in um you know you end up blowing the game against oklahoma heck that was i don't even want to say that was a game like i even came back to town for that uh that was kind of an embarrassment for the entire team uh to, to witness that happen and so to see what they did out there i think they kind of understand what they have as a unit if they play uh, for each other and and give 100% effort. And, and, you know, these games have been coming in the second half where they've been showing that that pride, but uh, we just need early play from the start to keep them going. Uh, And I think they have what it takes. I think we have some phenomenal players. Um, And and Mickey's getting the most of them right now. Uh, We just need to start it early. And to have these two wins going into uh, a big game like Purdue, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome motivation for us. I, I, I see it in the kids at the end of the games, how happy they are, and they want to continue that. Uh, and I believe that they have it within them uh, and it, within the coaching staff. You know, there's been, you know, you get rid of defensive coordinator. And I thought, like I said, from last year, I had high expectations. I didn't know what we are going to do offensively because we had an older quarterback coming in. And you never know what you're going to get with the team uh, from a quarterback change because that's basically your captain of the team. But I was just riding on what the defense showed as a, in a performance last year, and all, and all of a sudden they just let you down and they don't uh, show any signs of what they were. But after these last two games, especially with the Rucker, Rutgers game, uh, those guys have stepped it up. And, and I, I think they can maintain and hold up uh, going uh, into the Purdue game, especially to come out with the win there at uh, Rutgers. Eric Warfield, a few minutes with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Eric's at a charity golf outing down in Grapevine, Texas, so he's given us a few minutes. Do you need to, to do a timeout and, and tee off, or are you good? <laughs> the guys is here twice, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so we made, we made you miss your turn. <laughs> Did we help or hurt the it's team? It's not that big of a deal. Like, it's more so the money that comes out of our pocket that goes for the kids. So it's sure. Not, it's not about us out there no, trying to win it. I'm just making, we win it, we win it. I'm just making sure. You can follow Eric on Twitter at EA Warfield44. <laughs> so with with this Nebraska team, talk to me a little bit about accountability. Because after Oklahoma, Mickey went up to the mic, said this is on me. And you've seen more accountability. Uh, the last two games, it's, it's translated into wins. Eric, what was – the, the accountability like for you as a player when you were at Nebraska and then how big is that for 18 to 22 year olds now from their head coach, position coach, peers, th- that, that topic of accountability? So it, it's, it's a culture thing. And, and when I got to UNO, um, you know, most guys coming out of high school, we think that we're the, because we're the best team. We're on the best, uh, we're the best player on our team in high school. And all of a sudden, 
you got all these colleges and you know coaches telling you how good you are, uh, but then when you get thrown in the in the fire, and basically not even thrown in the fire, when you walk on the campus and you see the kind of guys that you're playing with, the size and the speed, um, you know that uh, you have to step up and and to keep up with what they're doing. But also to see the to have the the leadership uh, that we had from our guys. Like I had Mike Minter and Tony Beeman. Uh, Tyrone Williams, uh, that were great leaders, but also great players. So I knew I, whatever they did, uh, it had to trickle down to what, what us younger guys had to do because they not only talked it, they went out and, and walked it on the field. And so right now we don't have, to me, I haven't seen that type of guy since uh, uh, Indomitian Sue. You know, Le- Le- Levante was one of those that was a great player, but he wasn't a vocal guy. Levant, sure. He wasn't a, a talker. Um, but to have those guys that go out and talk the talk and walk the walk, yeah, those are the guys that you look forward to that can get that can keep you uh, motivated to, to be that type of that, that same type of player. And right now we don't really have that. You know, we have guys that, you know, a, a, a ball is thrown and is over his head and we, you know, we jump up like we made a play. No, it's just a badly thrown ball. So you can't sit there and take the credit for that. Uh, you know, you get one tackle and you, you got all these, you know, moves that you want to, you want to start dancing and do whatever else. No, that's not it. Go out and win the game and then show me, uh, you know, the next game uh, that you can continue doing that and maybe, yeah, you can be that leader. Um, but that's just a, a part of the culture of football nowadays also. But it's just for, for what I came through, uh, you had guys that, you know, when they did something and if they celebrated, if they threw up the bones, they threw it up for a reason, and we knew we were going to win that game. And so, like, now it's like you got to have guys that get excited um, and, and, you know, show certain uh, types of excitement, but yet they don't back it up. And so that, that, type, that, that accountability to me goes a long way because I know I can count on that guy, and I know he's going to give me 100% effort from the start of the game to the end of the game. Few minutes here, Eric Warfield with us here on, on Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. A uh, few more minutes with Eric here on the other side. An extended sit down with him. We'll get his take on Monday Night Football, Chiefs, Raiders, and also uh, the job Mickey's doing. We'll get into that next segment here with with Eric, and uh, for sure get his take on the Matt Rule availability the NFL back to college podcast. Find us as always with Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, the Hale Varsity channel on YouTube. Give us a subscription. Tell us uh, what you think. Give us feedback. We appreciate it. More with Eric Warfield on the way with Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Eric Warfield with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Eric, Matt Rule is on the market. Didn't go well in Carolina. He's going to get just shy $850,000 a month to not have to coach Carolina for the next 48 months. So that's a win for him. But he is built. He is he is built at Temple and and at Baylor. What's your take on Rule? And and also, what do you think Mickey's got to do? To, to, to keep the job, what's a, what's a number for you, win total? So I, I don't really know what Mickey has to do uh, in order to keep the job, 
right now I like what he's doing. I mm-hmm. like the effort that he's getting out of the kids. I like the wins that he's putting on the board. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot more than that. Now, we've had so many coaching, coaching changes in the conference, uh, Coach Osborne, mm-hmm. and we've all thought that, you know, this is the right person until, you know, things kind of display themselves in the season, and all of a sudden it's like we've made the wrong move. And I don't want Mickey to be that guy. I love Mickey being on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like for him to have a head coaching job. Is it is in Nebraska the right place for him right now? I don't know that. I don't want to, you know, rule him out on such a good job that he, you know, if he does, if he gets wins out the rest of the season, does he deserve it? I think so. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a hard task to fulfill. Uh, but yes, if he if he wins out right all the rest of these games throughout the season, yeah, he deserves it. But at what cost? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, is Matt Rule a great coach? Yes, he's proven himself. Is he right for our program? I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's a hard uh, question for. For, for Trev and the rest of the committee to come up with and, and, and to figure out what's best for us. Um, I just know that we're way overdue for having a great coach and a great team to get us at least to a bowl game. You know, did we make mistakes with some of the coaches? Probably. Um, but, yeah, that happened. Um, so, I mean, I would love to see Mickey win out. Love to see Mickey have the head coaching job. Will it happen? I don't know. There's a lot of other guys that are out there. Heck, I'd even give, you know, throw money at Nick Saban. Hey, just come here and, you know, try to turn us around. You just know, yell at people. <laughs> Nick, you come hey, here and just yeah. yell at people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric, it almost feels like there's just a new name every single week. I'm sure this week's the Matt Rule week. Felt like the past two weeks was was Dave Aranda. You had Leopold, Campbell. Every single week, Mickey, there's a new Mickey name. was Even last Mickey, week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I want to go back. One of the names that was really popular early, and I, I want to use this to transition to some Chiefs Raiders tonight. Eric Bieniemy was a popular name for about a week after Scott Frost was let go. What do you make of that name association with the Husker job? Do you think it could work out? Is that a guy Trev Albert should be looking at? Oh, man, so Mickey, Eric's in, in that same boat to me as Mickey. Like, Eric hasn't really had that head coaching job. I know he really wants one. Uh, and I think he had opportunities a, a year ago, maybe two years ago, uh, for some major programs, and he turned it down. But I think he's more interested in the NFL. Uh, I just don't know or think he's ready. But who knows? Uh, it could be a good job. And I just hate – I don't want to do the experimenting thing. I want somebody that's got the experience um, – that knows 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 how to relate to the kids, young and old, um, and that has the university's best interest at heart. Like I want this university back to where we were competing. I want us in a bowl game. I want the kids that out on the field that are going to give a hundred percent effort and that are not really concerned about you know dances and likes upon social media and all this other crap. So I don't know. I'm 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 a bit old school, but I'm I'm still young and in age to. to understand what, you know, um, new age football has come to. Um, but, hey, I, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing uh, Nebraska rank and competing uh, in bowl games. Eric, thoughts on tonight's matchup? Chiefs are a, a far cry from that, that hiccup they had earlier in the season against Indy. They looked incredible against Tampa. Now it's uh, it's the Raiders. What was the the Raider Chiefs matchup like for you? Oh heck, I you know I went up against some legends, Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. So uh, I was more shocked than anything when I had to work against those guys. And then it, you know I became a vet. It became um, 
more than just football because there's that history of, of, of um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but there's turmoil in that yeah. <laughs> where they, those kids hate each other. So, uh, But, you know, the Raiders have a great team right now. I think we have a really good team. And if our defense shows up, I, I think we win this easily by a touchdown. Uh, so uh, will it be competitive? Yes. I think they have some great talent at Oakland. I'm honestly shocked to see that they're at a losing season and with only one win right now, especially adding uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. You, know, you know, he's kind of unstoppable, kind of like a Tariq Hill. But, you know, they've got their struggles, and, you know, I'm happy that it's them, not us. With Kansas City, did you expect the drop off offensively without Hill, or are you, well, are you are you pleasantly surprised, or were you confident the, the offense to this point could overcome a, a loss like Hill? No, just because of what Patrick Mahomes brings, you know, and then keeping Kelsey. Kelsey's one of those been, been unstoppable every year. So and then having the the, the playmaking ability of Patrick and what he does, we always have a chance at, at the Super Bowl. So not just a winning season, but literally at a winning at being competitive, competing in a Super Bowl. Eric Warfield, he's doing a charity golf outing. I think he's missed probably half the back nine talking to us. Bless <laughs> no, his heart. I'm about to swing now. <laughs> well, can we uh, put, put her on speaker? Yeah, let, put, let us listen to that drive. Put, yeah, put it put it on speaker. <laughs> and we can we can do some play by play back here in the uh, state of Nebraska. He's in Grapevine, Texas. He's teeing up right now. He's teeing up right now. The uh, the iPhone's on speaker. You guys are right by the tee. Okay. The crowd eagerly awaits a shot. Yeah, I don't think, Vaughn, so don't worry. Ball's in the ground. There it goes. Oh, that's straight on the green, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You should take us with every hole. We're in front of a buck. You got to guess where your ball went. Uh, So I think I'm about 315. Wow. Wow. Good work. Yeah, I'll bite that one. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, will let you keep swinging away. Uh, podcast, you're on a Chiefs podcast. Real quick, tell the folks about it. You know what? Um, I've had uh, the opportunity of starting that team, and it's great uh, to keep, you know, me, myself, and Jason Dunn, and a lot of other guys mm-hmm. that are kind of, you know, every guy that I, I think has played in football has, mm-hmm. has got some sort of issue. Uh, mentally or physically, and mm-hmm. for us, getting older and then all the banging, um, you don't remember a whole lot. You, you deal with other things, complications. Uh, I've had some friends that have struggled big time. You know, some that that, that are think they're seeing things and mm-hmm. hearing things. So uh, the podcast has provided an avenue to where those guys can feel like they're back a part of something, remember, you know, go back in time to uh, remember some of the, their highlights, mm-hmm. but, you know, big games. And so it's been great. I haven't been a part of it in the last few weeks because I've been busy with a lot of things, but I love it. Um, you know, you hate to, to see some of these guys that, that do struggle, but when they get on the podcast and the, the response that we get after the, after the phone calls, it's tremendous. Like, man, I'm glad you guys called me because I've you know, been pinned up in my house for so long, hadn't really talked to anybody, hadn't seen anybody, and it's good to, to, to uh, relive some of those memories and, you know, catch up with you guys. So it, it's been a great deal, of course. 
Well, that is great. Find and follow Eric on Twitter at EA Warfield 44. Eric, great to spend time with you, bud. Thanks for a few minutes today. Oh, I appreciate you guys, man. Anytime. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday. Big thanks to your input, your emails, your contributions on the StreamYard, ESPN Lincoln, and Hail Varsity Twitter is where you can watch our show. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Emails, as always, Chris at HailVarsity.com. And phone calls tomorrow on the show. A Purdue insider, longtime veteran of the Big Ten, and uh, Purdue football, Tom Deanhart, going to be with us. So Tom will join us. We'll spend time with Mitch Sherman. Maybe we'll have a Husker pop on with us as well. Press conference Tuesday. So we'll hear from Mickey Joseph and a few select players Good stuff from Charlie McBride and uh, Eric Warfield uh, this second hour. Get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and give us a review, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take the feedback and the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity. Here's a fair question uh, when it comes to to the Matt Rule discussion. And listen, uh, you have a lot of national pundits. That's Paul Meyerberg. That's... Bruce Feldman, both guys we both really like and respect, had a chance to talk to in the past. They like Rule. They think he's the, the fit for Nebraska. Now, the the other side of that coin is a little bit of, of what what Frosty did at Central Florida, right? Was it was it too quick? And it, it, and listen, there's there's been concerns, not a lot of vocal concerns for Frost, but a couple people. When Scott was hired, they were worried about ego. They were worried about inexperience. Okay, two people I really trust. So I like those are those are two realities that you just wonder how will it translate. Didn't end up working out. Riley career record five hundred coach. The thought was he's going to do more with more. Didn't happen. Bo can he handle the um, the the personality of being a head coach? He knows his football. He developed players. Is he going to scare people on the sideline? Never bothered me, but Junior's not getting phone calls to be recruited either. Okay, so there's always some sort of yeah, but here's here's the other side of the coin with Rule, and it's a fair point. Was was Temple a place that just had talent that had bad coaching in a in a in a league that was yet to explode, right? And you've seen coaches from the AAC not perform and they've got better jobs. Rules the exception because he went from Temple to Baylor and then eventually did really well. Now his record against top 25 teams is is over. He, he hasn't beat top 25 teams in any of his stops. So that there's the, the big game question mark. And I'm this was brought up in email uh, to me. So... Fair, fair question, but from a build standpoint, you know it, it looks really good. It looks really good. So it is what Leipold's doing in Kansas. Matt Campbell's having a tough year, but they've been in every ball game. That was a that was a nail biter against K State, right? Just 
they don't have the quarterback or the O-line play yeah, this yes, year. Yes, the question with Campbell, has he hit his ceiling of what you can achieve at Iowa State with the resources and funding that they have, which is a fair question. But I look at Rule, and I think the biggest plus for Rule is the fact that he has gone and he has ingrained a culture at two different stops. It's one If you go 11-1, one place, you can say, okay, maybe you, you lucked your way into it a little bit. But he, he tore both those programs down to their foundations and built them back up as winners twice. Doing it once could be luck. I don't see twice as luck. There was a prove-it element for you. Yes. And, 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 and I'm a little bit interested in that. Back tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks for spending time. A Huda Media Production.